Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. So at the end of every year, I take some time to just kind of reflect on the previous year and then think about the new year that's coming. And this year on January 1st, we celebrated the one-year anniversary of my dad's going to heaven. And so to be honest, I thought a lot less about what I want to do, but I thought a lot more about who I want to be because my dad was unapologetically, he was someone who loved God and he loved people. And this, I mean, I knew this about his whole life, but it was really when we celebrated his life that this became the highlight. It's what you heard over and over again as people were gathering and as people were sharing, you know, how my dad had impacted their life. They're like, your dad just really loved God and he loved me so well. Everybody said that they felt like they were my dad's favorite. Everybody did. (laughs) It's like, of course, everybody wasn't my dad's favorite, but he just made you feel that way. You know, he loved God and he loved people. And there were a lot of other things about my dad's life that were pretty noteworthy, to be honest. He worked at Warner Brothers Studios for over three decades. He was a controller of advertising and publicity. And when they had their, the Batman movie uh, that, you know, hit big, like, I don't even know how many years ago that was, um, the whole company got a week off because of the money that they brought in in the first weekend that that movie debuted. And a lot of that had to do with my dad's work at Warner Brothers. So it was like, my dad had an important job. He was an important man. And he also was a really, really good softball coach. He coached all of us girls in softball, and he had a lot of wins under his belt. But you know what? Those aren't the things that my dad was known for. That's not what we were talking about at his memorial service. It was how much my dad loved God and loved people. What did that look like, his love for God and love for people? Well, you could see it, whether he was at work or whether he was on the softball field. or you, When you walked into the room, when I walked into the room, I felt like my dad lit up. Like he was so excited that I was there. And he made everyone feel that way. When you talked, he really listened. He cared about what you were saying. He paid attention. You know what I mean? Those are the kinds of mm-hmm. ways that I think he loved other people. And then he just always had his Bible with him. If he had free time, he was going to be reading his Bible, whether he was heading to the bathroom for an extended period of time or <laughs> we were gathered together at the table after lunch, you know, or after dinner or he just had free time. He'd be in his office with his Bible or he'd be in his big chair with the word, but he just loved spending time with the Lord. So he loved God and he loved people. That's kind of what it looked like. But as I think about who I want to be next year, as I think about, you know, my dad's life and and not New Year's resolutions and what I want to do differently, but who I want to be, who I am and who I want to be a year from now, I want to be someone who is so confident in God's love for her that I'm not focused at all on me, that I'm you know, giving my full undivided attention to the person in front of me and letting them know how much they are loved and valued. Because when I'm insecure, I got all these thoughts running through my head like, oh, I need to say something that sounds intelligent or I need to be this or I need to do that or I need to prove this. And when I know how loved I am, all that stuff just kind of falls away to the wayside and I'm able to just focus on the person in front of me and actually give them confidence in God's love for them. And I think it's really important to be telling ourselves, to to be talking to ourselves, to be preaching the love of God to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, because it, our default mode is going to take us into trying to please people and what people think of us. But if we're 
if we have good self-talk, if you could put it that way, mm-hmm. about God's love for us, not based on our performance, but based on the fact that he loves us because he loves us. You know, if we are constantly thinking about that and talking to ourselves, it's, it's going to help us live loved. Yeah. And because I've now decided like who I want to be a year from now, that's shaping some of the what I want to do. And what I'm doing is I'm leaning hard into practicing God's presence like never before. So, into, I mean, I know we're only 10 days into 2023, but over the last 10 days, I've been so intentionally reminding myself of the presence of God, not by saying, oh yeah, Jesus is here, but saying, Lord, thank you for being with me in this moment. You know, having a conversation with him and bringing him into every moment because it's it's that practice that is going to lead me to who I want to be in 2024. But I'd love to hear from you this morning. Who do you want to be? Not what do you want to do? Not the practices, not that, but like, who do you want to be a year from now? Because I threw this question out on Facebook and got some really great responses. Ramona said she really feels like our only New Year's resolution every year should be just have a deeper relationship with the Lord and just stay in his perfect will for your individual life. And I think, yes, right on Ramona. And Rhonda said that she struggles with believing that God could love her. And she said, I pray this year that I'm more confident in his love and his grace and his mercy, plus to be more cognizant of who I am in him and how I present myself to others. That's so good. That's so good, Rhonda. Carol commented, she said that her word for the year for 2023 is confidence. So I will join you, she says, in wanting to be so confident that my story points only to Jesus. And when people see my story, they actually see his story. I don't know about you, but it's so easy for me to get caught up in busyness and stress and anxiety and shame and fear and frustration. That's life sometimes. A lot of times life can be hard and it's easy for me to feel overwhelmed. How about you? And because of this, I need to see the bigness and beauty and brilliance of Jesus. I need Jesus' bigness to overwhelm me when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so I go to passages like Hebrews 1.3. Jesus, Hebrews 1.3 says, Jesus, the Son of God, is the exact representation of God's being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So just pulling out some truths here about the bigness and beauty of Jesus. First, The writer says Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. If the invisible, eternal, immortal, uncontainable God could make a visible living imprint of himself, it would look like Jesus. And that's who Jesus is, the visible, living imprint of the invisible God. It's amazing. It's big. It's beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. Then it says that Jesus sustains all things by his powerful word. I can't tell you how many times when I feel like my life is spinning out of control that I just think about the fact that Jesus holds everything, not just in my life, but in the whole universe. He holds the universe together. He keeps it from spinning apart. And it's so life-giving to know that he's holding me together. Yeah. I mean, he literally holds me together, the pieces from spinning out of control. And he's like an anchor for the soul, Scripture says, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just let that anchor go down deep. 
and and just draw from his strength. Then it says that he provided purification for sins. I love the thought of being forgiven. I am so pumped about being forgiven. But there's something even deeper about being cleansed. I think it's because, you know, shame has been a part of my story. And shame is not just the things you've done wrong. It's like feeling you are wrong. Mm -hmm. And Jesus took our shame on the cross and he cleansed us of the shame. He completely cleansed that deep down feeling of shame in our lives. And, and I just love that about him. He provided purification for our sins. It's the way in which he loves us as we are. Like, yes, I see you. You're filthy. <laughs> I love you anyway. And I'm, I'm changing you. I'm purifying you. I'm cleansing you. You know what I mean? He, he loves us as we are and he accepts us as we are but he doesn't leave us as we are. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very different from religion. You know, religion is trying to be good enough for God and the gospel. Jesus is not about trying to be good enough for God. It's like, I, like you said, you know, I, I am filthy. I come to you. Thank you for loving me. And it's his cleansing of us that changes us. When we're cleansed, we start living in new ways. Sometimes it's slow going. Sometimes it's three steps back and a couple steps forward. But the more we focus on the bigness and beauty of Jesus, the more we can move forward. <clears throat> and then it says, after Jesus provided purification, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Now, priests would never sit down. They were always working. They were always providing sacrifices. They were never done with their work. They, they just continued to have to provide sacrifices for people's sins, for their own sins, for the sins of the people. But when Jesus came, he provided the final sacrifice for sins. And so the fact that he sat down was big, was huge, that, you know, it's finished, it's over. The final sacrifice has been given. And he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, which means that God fully accepted what Jesus did for us. And so do you wonder what God's face looks like when he looks at you? You know, just kind of taking some of these truths and, and bringing them into our real life. You wonder what he looks like, what his face looks like, what's on his face when he looks at you. Look to Jesus. He's the exact representation of God's being. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that in his face, it's not disgust. It's not anger. It's not concern. It's not rejection. It's love in his face. Mm -hmm. We need to see the face of Jesus, the shining face of Jesus for us to be changed. Does it feel like life is spinning out of control like it does for me sometimes? Look to Jesus, the one who holds your life together. He's holding you together. Whatever you're going through right now, Jesus Christ, the one who holds the universe together, is holding your life together through the power of his word. Do you feel dirty deep inside? I do sometimes. He's the only one. There's no answer to guilt and shame apart from Jesus Christ. Jesus' cleansing goes deeper than any filth in us. He cleanses us completely. Mm -hmm. Do you wonder if there's enough grace for you? I have sometimes. Look to Jesus who sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. The work completed, the work accepted by the Father. 
He sat down because he knew he had provided enough grace for you, and not only for you, but enough grace for the sins of the world. There's enough grace for you, for me, for the whole world, with grace left over. So yesterday, Perry, you brought up some questions that your brother had asked you that I think are just fantastic conversation questions. They were, what fires you up? What breaks your heart? What can you not shut up about, basically? Mm-hmm. All right. So the what fires you up, I was thinking about this yesterday. And what really fires me up is stories that reveal who God is. Like Bible stories, yes. Like 100% yes, the Bible stories. And if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, in the Gospels, you're going to see all the things that Jesus did, the miracles that he did, and all about his life. And I mean, those stories get me fired up for sure. But the whole Bible is about Jesus. And I was listening to a devotional yesterday. They were talking about the guys who were on the road to Emmaus. And now Jesus, in this point, just to give you a little bit of context, Jesus had been crucified and he had uh, risen from the dead. And But everybody's going to try to figure out what just went down. And these guys are walking on the road to Emmaus and they're talking about their downcast. They're talking about what happened. All of a sudden, Jesus appears to them, but they don't recognize him as being Jesus. And he's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> they're like, we're talking about what everybody's talking about right now. This Jesus guy and what happened. And and they start talking to him about everything that had transpired. And then verses 26 and 27, this is of Luke 24. Jesus says to them, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now at this point, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John had not been written. We didn't have those records yet. So he was talking about scripture as it concerned to himself, and he was not referring to the Gospels. Yeah, he was going back to the Hebrew Scriptures, all the way back to Genesis, right at the beginning. Yeah. You could look at the Bible story as, what went wrong? You know, there's something wrong with our world, big time wrong. What went wrong? And then what God has done and what God is doing about it. Yeah. That's the story. That's the story. And all of Scripture points to Jesus long before, you know, Jesus' birth and his little situation at the temple when he was 12 years old, freaking his parents out because they didn't know where he was. Like, long before any of the miracles he did or any of the stories in the Gospels about Jesus' life, Scripture is all about Jesus. Read Genesis 3.15. It's about Jesus. I won't go through it right now. All right because we don't have much time, but Genesis 3.15, right there at the beginning, talks about Jesus, the promised Redeemer. So I love hearing the stories from the whole Bible that reveal who God is, but I also love the modern-day stories, because what God did then for the people in biblical times, He is still doing today. He's still revealing Himself to us. And when that kind of crashes into our right here, right now, yeah, I get fired up about those stories big time. I was talking with a friend the other day who was praying about um, her grandbaby that was yet to be born and asking God to give her a verse for the baby. And she just felt like, you know, she prayed into it for months. And at one point they were holding a shower for the baby. And so she wrote the verse on a chalkboard, a verse on a chalkboard, you know, and then a few months later, this verse showed up again. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, the verse showed up again. And all of a sudden she has this aha moment where she realizes 
this verse that she had been praying for God to give her, he already had, and it had happened months before. And then she could see once it kind of showed up on her radar, she could see all the places that this verse was present over the last several months. She could see the hand of God saying, here you go, here you go, and here you go, and here you are. You know, it's just the activity of God right here right now. And those stories get me so fired up. I love how the Holy Spirit does that. Mm-hmm. He just brings things up. He brings us, uh, and I love especially when he brings us to the word and he just makes that word come alive. There's a passage in Isaiah that God brought to life for me over the Christmas break. And it's about, you know, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And it was just, it was like mm. personal for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear you saying the story. Yeah, he is personal to us. He is present today showing us who he is. And I know you've got a story too. We'd love to hear your story. 616-772-7300 is how to get a hold of us today. 616-772-7300. We just love to hear the stories of how God's showing up in the world today and revealing himself to us. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.